0: Hey everybody, what's going on? My name is Seth Ashkelson and I want to thank you for joining me here on Locked on Coyotes. As we head into our uh, third week here on the show, glad to have you in. and uh, The Coyotes, uh, game day today, a little bit of a later podcast due to um, a little extra time at work that I was uh, unexpecting to do so. Uh, but uh, the thing, tough thing about that is Early game today. Game day today. A 5 p.m. start, uh, Arizona time. So couldn't get much more of a preview than we did yesterday with Andrew Bell, which we got a pretty good preview in. But uh, the good news is we get a chance to react uh, pretty much same day to all the uh, the good things happening with the Coyotes uh, in Winnipeg is they picked up a four to two victory, a win that they really needed and. Um, big things for the Coyotes. I mean, it, a tough start to their season. Again, we're still very early in the season. Uh, could only score one goal in their first two games, but their last three games, they've gotten five out of the last six points, so uh, maybe this is the time that the Coyotes turn it around. Again, it's not It's too early in the season, only five games in, but uh, for a team that, uh, again, we always talk about this, is looking to make a change and, and make that next jump. This is exactly what they needed and a team that got a really complete effort out of uh, everybody and the, the secondary scoring again it's uh, tough because the Coyotes haven't gotten a, a ton of production from that top line in terms of goals but it doesn't really matter they're getting the assists. Keller's getting on the board Phil Kessel had an assist tonight so a team that's uh, getting contributions from everybody and really that was the tough part last year is they had some of their top guys. Keller, I know he only had 47 points, but he was really the guy that was expected to chip in, and for the Coyotes, it's uh, it's a lot of different guys now. Connor Garland's back, and he's playing extremely well. He had another golden night, Nick Schmaltz, off the IR. He had a three-point night looking at the NHL.com recap. He's not even listed as one of the three stars, which is a travesty, if you ask me. He had the Most points uh, out of the any Coyotes player, and uh, out of any player in this game, and according to the NHL.com website, not a three star. But I'm sure he doesn't really care about that. What matters to him is that the team got the win, and it was a win that um, saw a lot of shots. It was uh, at the end of the day, a uh, 40 to 35 in favor of Winnipeg. So, the two teams that had their offensive opportunities, the Coyotes cashed in a little bit more and uh, for the Coyotes again another great performance by Darcy Kemper 38 saves and two goals that were scored uh, came on the power play and Kyle Connor's goal in the third period was one that was pretty insane he tucked it into a tight space so an incredible goal I did end up getting a notification uh, to check out that goal but uh, didn't really get any notification about the any special notification about the Coyotes' victory, but uh, again, the Coyotes would take that victory over having a highlight real goal any day of the week, and so would any team in the NHL. So uh, the Coyotes just getting a really good and, and complete effort, and uh, we'll take a look at the box score a little more in-depth, most likely tomorrow, and then we'll uh, preview a little bit of that Nashville game. But I just want to really, again, five games in, but the last three games looks like it's the team that a lot of people were expecting to show up this year. A team that could find their scoring groove, could have that secondary scoring, could get it from anywhere, anytime. And that's that's what the Coyotes got. They got two power play goals for a power play that's struggled a lot over the last uh, few years. Even the year they went to the Western Conference Finals seven years back. Um, didn't have the greatest power play, so power play... Really ticking Dvorak after taking a high stick, scored his second goal of the evening. So he fought through a lot to get his second goal. The Coyotes gave up the first goal of the game, but uh, scored four and answered, uh, starting with Garland's goal with eight seconds left. Well, about 7.7 7. 7 or so in the first period, and then in the second, uh, tacked on three more. So four and answered before Connor's goal uh, early in the third period, but. Coyotes shut it down once again per usual and able to uh, pick up a victory that not only well earned especially with the uh, frustrations they had in the first two games but one that was needed. A team that needed I think a little bit of a confidence boost obviously you go play the only undefeated le- team left in the NHL and you pick up a point and had to battle back from down to nothing. Uh, still able to pick up a point and then after that uh, go into Winnipeg. Uh, a billion of the Coyotes historically have had a lot of trouble winning and, and uh, they end up picking up a big 4-2 victory before they come back home to play Nashville. So uh, really excited for the the team and, and to see what what comes next. Uh, Barrett Hayton was out of the lineup tonight so um, did get beat up a little bit in terms of uh, the physical play on Saturday. He got tossed around a bit. I don't think it was anything to do with that, but I want to keep a guy like Lawson Kraus in the lineup as well. You want to keep him engaged, a guy that can bring a lot of value on that fourth line and and maybe even bumped up to the third line if he starts producing offensively a little bit more, a guy who a top 15 pick at one point, I believe he's actually top 10. He was ninth overall, if I can recall correctly. So, Um, A guy that a lot of people thought had a big upside. And again, Lawson Krause is an NHL player. I don't think there's a roster in the league where he wouldn't be on it. But um, especially when you have a guy like Barrett Hayton so young and so talented like he's shown. He's already played two games this year. So if the Coyotes want to send him back to juniors, he's got seven more. Um, And we'll see how they want to play that. I think it's tough. They don't have a ton of offensive talent down in... uh, down in Tucson, and if a guy does end up going down, you know, again, knock on wood, especially after what we saw with Nicholas Charmelson, but if a guy goes down, you don't know who you have in Tucson that's going to be better than Barrett Hayton. Again, you don't want to waste that year, but I think Hayton's going to see a lot of playing time. It's not like he's going to be up here all year and, and barely see the ice. I think even if he stays up here, he's going to get his opportunities, and if he keeps proving uh, that he can keep up with the game and, and make plays when it matters the most. He'll be in this league not only this year, but he'll be in it uh, for a long time as well, so um, we'll get to that uh, kind of storyline in a moment, but the Coyotes, uh, a road victory. They're out on the road for two games. They're going to come back home for two, Nashville Thursday, Ottawa Saturday, a chance to beat one of the ba- another one of the top teams in the Western Conference in Nashville, and a chance to play what's expected to be the worst team in the NHL I don't know if they will be I think they have too much talent to almost be last Um, but especially when a team like Detroit I mean Detroit got steamrolled in Vancouver tonight so uh, Ottawa i again I don't think they're a playoff team by any stretch I don't think they're a 500 team by any stretch but they do have a lot of young talent got uh, Nemestikov in a deal with the Rangers and Nemestikov is In a situation where contract year, not a lot of pressure in terms of being a a performer and making the playoffs. The Rangers they're expecting to make the playoffs this year, especially with how quickly they turn things around. So uh, still Ottawa not a a team expected to make the playoffs, but a lot more improved than when the Coyotes saw them last time, um, where the Mike Condon let in a three quarters ice goal, the Uber incident. And a team that I think is at least, in terms of personnel, in a better place. So, Coyotes a a tough game and a trap game for them coming up this week. But good to pick up the win on the road. And if you are thinking about seeing the team when they get back, a team that's captured points in five or, or th- uh, all three of their previous games, five points out of the last six possible, you can find seats on Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats an online ticket marketplace that is dedicated to finding new tickets to live events and help you make memories that last a lifetime. Again, the Coyotes' sun season starts in eight days. Uh, Cardinals will be back for Halloween night against the 49ers. That team is rolling a chance to get themselves back to 500 this weekend. So a team that uh, Arizona sports buzzing right now. Uh, But it doesn't even have to be uh, just Arizona sports if uh, you're hoping to catch the coyotes in metropolitan uh... new york and, and in new jersey in a couple weeks It actually starts next week uh... whether you're in new jersey or you're on the island or you want to go to msg to catch the coyotes you can go to vivid seats uh, dedicated to finding you the best seats the lowest price and then the price that you want uh, all tickets are a hundred percent backed by the vivid seats guarantee so uh, never any uh, doubt. Never any questions on whether the ticket's going to scan, and if you're having trouble, Vivid Seats dedicated to making sure that doesn't uh, go wrong in your uh, towards you. So, um, and tonight the Nationals clinched themselves to the World Series, and if you want a chance to catch the Coyotes while they're uh, in New York, then maybe head down to Washington D.C. for a, a World Series game. And if you are thinking about that. You can use the promo code POSTSEASON to earn up to almost, uh, up to $100 off your next purchase. Once again, that is POSTSEASON on your next purchase on Vivid Seats for up to $100 off. So Kyle Capobianco got the call into the lineup tonight. He's uh, jumping in to replace Nick Jarmolson, who's out for another three months. So probably about at the, the turn of the calendar year, maybe around the All-Star break is when Will get the Coyotes will get probably their best defensive defenseman back, but in the meantime, a chance for two younger guys, Capo Bianco and then Lubushkin, to jump in. I thought it was interesting that uh, Capo Bianco was in. I don't think that was the wrong call necessarily this game against the Jets. The Jets they like to skate, especially their forward group, and Capo Bianco a little more uh, offensive focused, a little bit faster. So uh, for Bianco, uh, Capo Bianco, he um, thought he played well. He was on the ice for the Kyle Connor goal, but again, that was a goal that uh, he banked off the post, and Kemper had come off come off his post, gave him a little bit of room, so not Capo Bianco's fault on that one, and it was a penalty kill, so interesting to see Capo Bianco not only play, but play in some key situations, shows that he has the trust, and Again, against a team that likes to score a lot, they like to fly, they like to get up and down the ice. I think Capo Bianco is the right fit now. When we're talking about Thursday's game, I think it'll be Labushkin. I think uh, Nashville's a little more physical, and the um, the Coyotes are really going to need to match that physicality. Now, uh, Nashville won five to two in Vegas earlier tonight, and pretty chippy game. Roman Yossi and Mark Stone got in a fight. Um, Pacioretty ended up getting in a fight as well for Vegas so uh, not a not a clean game in terms of uh, trying to stay away from the physicality part for Nashville so I think they're going to be looking to uh, knock the bodies around a little bit so I think it'll be um, I think we'll see Labushkin in on Thursday again obviously Tockett knows his team best so we'll see what that happens and then for Saturday uh, for I think we'll see Capo Bianco again against a team that um, isn't expecting much, a team that plays hard, plays a lot more organized than they did last year, but just aren't getting the results and uh, definitely a big talent gap between them and a lot of the teams in the NHL, but a team that cannot be taken as lightly as they were last year. and uh, so I think you'll it'll be an interesting one, I think it'll be a lot more open ice for the uh, for both teams, really both teams really like to fly and um, the Kyyogers will get a chance to see Thomas Shabbat, the outstanding young defenseman for the Senators. That's probably going to be their uh, pretty much the center of their rebuild and uh, they lose Eric Carlson but are still able to find talented offensive defensemen. Not sure how they do it in Ottawa, but they continue to do so. Um, so I think in a game like that you're gonna see Capo Bianco get in. Um, but it wouldn't be a bad idea to get Labushkin in either, maybe get that physical presence. I think you'll see um, I think you'll see Hayton back in the lineup on Saturday. I don't I, I have a feeling that he won't be in it on Thursday just because of how physical Nashville is Now the Coyotes have had some pretty good success against Nashville recently. They uh, played against them pretty well last season. so uh, with a pretty similar lineup to what they've uh, they rolled out against the Predators the last couple of years. I don't think you'll see much of a change in what you saw tonight. Again, they only carry one extra forward and one extra defenseman as uh, Eric Comrie's still on the roster, and I think part of that is they don't want to send him down because he has to go through waivers, and the Jets will most likely just reclaim him. So they're kind of waiting to to see what they can do. Maybe Comrie does stay up. Uh, not a bad idea either, as for the Coyotes, uh, goaltender health, especially with Auntie Ranta, has not been the best, but Ronta played well on Saturday. He's not injured. and probably be in a little more of a backup role than he expected, but again, in the NHL, a lot a lot more back-to-backs than uh, it used to be. So, uh, But anyways, back to the lineup. Uh, Thursday, I think it will be the same as you saw in terms of four groups. I think Labushkin gets the draw just because of how physical he is, but again, Capo Bianco, not a small guy either, so even though he is more offensively focused. That doesn't mean he couldn't be effective in the game on Thursday back at home at Gila River. So, it interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the lineup gets set for Rick Tockett. I don't think he's going to change much. A, a lineup that, uh, whether it includes Hayton or Kraus or Fisher, no matter who has to sit, has been effective the last three games. and Especially a, a big road win in a building that they've Struggled in, like we talked about earlier, it, it, just hard to win at the MTS place, and just in general for anybody. But a good win for the Coyotes, and lineup wise, we'll see. I thought Capo Bianco played good, but uh, we'll see if he gets the draw. If Labushkin gets the draw, maybe we'll see if Barrett Hayton on Thursday finds himself back in the lineup as well. So for the Coyotes, uh, again another big win for them, but. Through the first five games, this is a team that in years past, every year has been uncertain. And I think even after the 2012 run of the Western Conference Finals, the work stoppage happened. But even without the work stoppage, Ray Whitney didn't re-sign. He went to Dallas. There was uh, kind of some uncertainty. Could Mike Smith put up another great season? Uh, the team was uh, another year older, a team that was already pretty old to begin with. So... Uh, but it, it feels like every year since uh, basically what is a 2012-2013 season, but the 2013 season, uh, a lot of uncertainty has gone on. And uh, right now I think the Coyotes have the most certain roster that they've had. I think definitely in over, gosh, close to 15 years. I mean, they did make those runs in 2010-2011 where I think, I think that season between the 09-10 and the 10-11 season, you felt pretty good about where they were going to be at the next year, especially when they picked up 107 points. That was the year that the Western Conference was so top-loaded that 107 points was not good enough to give them the Pacific Division winner. Ended up losing in seven games to Detroit the next year. They were the sixth overall seed. Uh, but even in between the, the 10, 11, and 11, 12 seasons, a little uncertainty. Nobody pegged them to win the division, um, especially with the way the Sharks were rolling in that in this decade, pretty much. And uh, so, but to the point is, this is the most certain roster the Coyotes have had. And if we're gonna, if I'm gonna give a solid number. Seven years. It's been seven years since you've looked at the Coyotes roster and said, "Okay, confident that these guys are going to be in the lineup every night, and it's going to be hard to take certain guys out." That used to not be the case. There was a lot of times where uh, you could make a case for almost everybody in the lineup that could get sat and why they w- would need to be out. But now you're again a dilemma that every team wants to have, where you have almost too much talent. You have a guy like Christian Fisher and Lawson Krause even though they're not the skill guys that a lot of people think they are they still bring a lot of value guys that can produce I don't I'm not gonna say that they can't these are guys that have the ability to produce but uh, but then you got a guy like Barrett Hayton who's the fifth overall pick and it's just so hard to every night you're like all right who's gonna be who's gonna be in who's gonna be out and I think that's exciting I think it's exciting to see that and um, at one point Kevin Conant was playing forward as the, the Coyotes that's how kind of starved for talent they were especially up front uh, so very encouraging that uh, seventh defensemen are no longer forwards on this team a team that is starting to dig themselves out of a real tough hole that they had been in and they couldn't get out of and it was almost Almost connected with the, the ownership issue and obviously when you don't have somebody that's willing to spend the money it can be hard to win but it once Marillo came in and even before that was made 100% official they went out and got Phil Kessel almost as if they knew that that's how it was gonna go that Marillo was gonna come in and he was gonna open the checkbook and I think what's good for that Morello is there is He has a lot of other businesses that make him money. So this isn't his only venture where he's concerned about making money. Now obviously a very smart businessman and he's not going to just run the organization willy-nilly and kind of allow some free wheel spending but he's definitely going to open the pocketbook a little more. He wants to win. He definitely said that in his opening press conference but a team that I think a lot of fans can feel confident about every night and that was something that you couldn't say. I think even in parts of last year that team was very inconsistent and I think that they had a hard time when they found their groove keeping it and so this is just a different feel, uh, a different feel around the organization different feel around the fan base. I think people are excited about the Coyotes Uh, see how the suns start. I know a lot of people don't like bringing up that fact but the reality is is in Arizona you have to win and if you don't win people don't show up and if you win people will show up Arizona is so starred for a team that is consistently good and again the Coyotes have not brought that but if they can find a way to capture this market this market is waiting for a team to capture them like the Yankees have captured a lot of New York uh, the way the Nationals have captured DC this year the way St the Cardinals have captured St. Louis obviously the blues won they captured the hearts of st. louis for a little bit as well uh, waiting for this market is waiting for that team the d-backs haven't made the playoffs consistently they've brought the only championship among the major four sports obviously the rattlers the mercury winning multiple championships but in terms of the big four sports there hasn't been a team that has consistently won consistently won championships obviously the suns um, through the 2000s, did a lot of winning. They didn't do a lot of championship winning. Very controversial, um, especially growing up as a Suns fan. But uh, especially right now, the Suns haven't made the playoffs in nine years. Coyotes are at seven. The d have two playoff appearances, um, really three playoff appearances in 13 years. The Cardinals, uh, since their Super Bowl, have only made a couple uh, – I believe it's been two three hand uh, three playoff appearances since they went to the Super Bowl back in 2009 so uh, a team a market that really needs a team to win consistently and when the Coyotes win the playoffs it's hard to get a ticket to Healer of Arena it was sold out it was loud and if the Coyotes can capture the the hearts of Arizona sports fans especially the way the Suns are going at the moment now obviously you, you're not gonna Say, oh, well, you want the Suns to be bad? No, you want the Suns to be good. I want the Suns to be good desperately. Uh, but if the Suns come out and they they have a tough start again, this is this is the Coyotes' market for the taking, especially in the winter. Uh, don't you don't play games for the most part. You don't play games on Cardinal Sundays. Obviously, this is a football town as it is. Uh, but the good thing about competing against the NFL is. You don't schedule your games on Sundays, and you don't really have to worry about eyeballs being taken away from your product. Sure, maybe the reader views and the listener views and the amount of, in terms of radio listens or what's talked about on TV, but if you're solely having fans watch your games, I think there's not that much of a worry. The Sun's the direct competition, but you want them to be good too. So for the Coyotes, a team that, Looks to be on the upswing. A team that has a roster that a lot of people can be confident in, and it's hard t- to think what guys are going to be out of the lineup, is uh, very encouraging. So, um, excited to see what happens on Thursday and Saturday. And uh, speaking of Thursday's game, we'll preview that a little bit more tomorrow here on Locked On Coyotes. Uh, jump into the Jets game a little more with some advanced stats. Uh, kind of took a peek at hockey reference. Uh, They got some uh, pretty interesting stats about the Coyotes 5-on-5. They haven't added the updated stats from tonight's game, so I didn't want to jump into that right away because they're not the most updated. I think they're going to be a little more favorable (laughs) once they're updated uh, come tomorrow. So uh, we'll talk about some advanced stats for the Coyotes, especially how well they've played 5-on-5. Preview Thursday's game a little bit more as we jump into the midweek edition of Locked On Coyotes tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter at saskelson96. Once again, that is at saskelson96 to follow the show at LO underscore Coyotes. That is, again, at LO underscore Coyotes. So we appreciate you tuning in. Remember, Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. So we're going to bring you your Coyotes news that you want tomorrow And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Again, it's a little late, but uh, maybe listen to this on your uh, drive into work. And if you are listening on Wednesday morning, we'll talk to you later uh, Wednesday evening. So thanks for listening. Follow me and the show on Twitter. We look forward to speaking to you again come Wednesday.